no amount of green smoothies and kale were going to balance that out. So I needed to really start to address what was going on between my ears. And so I came up with this process called the cast process that is about casting aside your inner critic because that ego, it's always going to be there. You're never going to kill the ego or get rid of the ego. It's about working with it and putting her to the side so that your true self can shine. Your true self can lead the way in the direction of your dreams. But most people let that inner voice be in the driver's seat of their life and dictate every move in every area of their life. So we're going to get that voice, that inner critic, and we're going to put her or him in the boot of your car and you are going to get back in the driver's seat of your car. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. Today's guest, well, she's absolutely lovely, and I just know that you are going to love her if you are not already a fan. Her name is Melissa Ambrosini, and if you don't already know and love her, let me bring you up to speed. She's a multiple times bestselling author of books like Open Wide, Mastering Your Mean Girl, Purposeful, and comparisonitis. She's also a keynote speaker and a TEDx speaker and is a top-rated podcast host. I often call her the queen of mastering your mean girl, which we are going to talk about today. Melissa, who was coined as a self-help guru by Elle Magazine, has an inspiring story from hitting rock bottom to finding her way out and to creating a business in a life that lights her up. She's on a mission to inspire others to unlock their full potential, live their dream life, and become the best version of themselves. Melissa and I sat down to talk about finding your purpose and why it matters, and her three steps to mastering your mean girl, which was my favorite part of this episode. And we talk a little about work-life integration and knocking out your goals and so much more. This interview is filled with tangible, heartfelt honesty, and I know you're going to love it. Let's dive in. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. 
So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Well, hey there, Melissa. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I am so excited to be here with you. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. So let's talk a little bit about your story and how your business was born. So take me there. Oh, okay. So firstly, I just want to say I listened to your podcast. So it is such a treat to be here with you. What a delight. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel the same way about you. I recently got to be on your podcast and we had such an amazing conversation. I'm like, you need to come on over. (laughs) So I'm glad we made it happen. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. My business was born and my business story started in 2004. Uh, Sorry, 2000 and... No, when was it? It was 2010. I hit rock bottom in 2010 and I ended up in hospital with my health taken away from me. Now, before that, I was a professional dancer. I danced at the Moulin Rouge in Paris. Oh my goodness, that is cool. So I did the can-can and could kick my legs up to my head. Cannot (laughs) do that anymore. I can confirm that I cannot do that anymore. But I used to be able to do that once upon a time. Wow. Okay, so I started dancing when I was three years old and I loved it. I loved performing. I loved being on stage. I loved telling stories with my voice and my body. I started acting. I did TV presenting. I did all of these fun things. And when I finished high school, I went on and studied it professionally. I went to a college and did it full time. And then I got an agent and I started working in the industry and loved it. And I lived in Sydney at the time. And then I auditioned with 500 women to uh, go to Paris and dance the Moulin Rouge. And I went there for a year and then I moved to London for two years and I worked there and loved it. And then my visa expired and I had to move back to Australia, which I was completely devastated about completely devastated. I didn't want to leave. I had built my life over there. I was being paid to travel all over the world to be in shows and TV commercials and movies and on stages. And I was living the dream, like literally living the early 20-year-old dream. And uh, at that same time, though, I was partying. I was trashing my body. I didn't care about sleep. I didn't care about taking care of my body. I lived off sugar and junk food. And I started to get these little warning signs from my body. I would have allergic reactions to things where my throat would close over. I would just, you know, have these little niggles from the universe to kind of stop and slow down and to look at how I was living my life. And I would ignore them and ignore them. And then when I moved home back to Australia and I left in England 
my career, um, my friends, uh, the boy that I was dating at the time, I left all of that there because my visa expired. I was so devastated and I came back to Australia. I was homeless. Um, I didn't have any friends here. I left my boyfriend and the friends that I did have here decided to dump me. So I had my friends dump me. I had no job. I was sleeping on a my my friend's sister's couch and I spiraled into a very deep, dark depression and I had anxiety and I was dealing with panic attacks and my health was completely shot. I had hormonal issues. I had thyroid issues. I had eczema all over my face and hives from the stress. I had acne all over my face and I would get this these severe cold sore outbreaks where I would have cold sores all over my face, in oh. my mouth and down my throat. And the first time I had this really bad outbreak of cold sores, it actually put me in hospital. I was in hospital for a week. I was on morphine and antibiotics and antivirals. And um, I remember being in the hospital and it was the hardest time of my life. And I had my parents, my beautiful parents beside me. And I remember kind of feeling like, surely this isn't it. Like, surely this isn't why we're here on earth, like God or the universe or whatever you believe in. I'm, I was thinking, surely this isn't why we're here. And I had this voice come to me when I was in hospital and I didn't know it at the time, but it was my intuition. And it said, if you get healthy and happy, Melissa, you'll live a beautiful life. And I didn't know where that voice came from, but I just knew that I had to get happy and healthy again. I had to take responsibility for my own health and my own happiness and start my life again. And this was when I was 24 years old. And I'm so glad that I had this breakdown, this rock bottom early in life, even though it was very challenging. I'm so glad I had it early in life because it put me on my path and it started this new career, this new business, which I'll share more about, but it put me on my true path. You know, I feel like all the performing that I did, that was almost like a dress rehearsal for what I'm truly meant to do in this world. And I know that I went through all of that to help others. And when I was in hospital, I had a friend that didn't live in the, uh, in the state send me a care package. And in that care package was some organic herbal teas and all of these things. Um, and this was just my introduction to health and wellness. And there was like yoga card, um, sorry, angel cards and yoga music and all these different things. And there was a book in that care package that literally changed my life. And that book was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Have you read that book? No, but I've heard great things about it. Oh my goodness, babe. So I was reading this book. And I would turn to my parents and say, why didn't you teach me this? Like, why didn't you teach me that we create our own reality and that we are the masters of our destiny? And my mom would say back to me, 
oh, darling, I was doing the best that I could. And, and they are. Our parents are always doing yeah. the best that they could. And in that moment, I stopped blaming my parents for my unhappiness and I started to take responsibility. And so when I was in hospital, I knew that I needed to get healthy. That was the low-hanging fruit. That was the first step. And so I studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which I'm now a teacher there, and I did that course to become a holistic health coach. And so that was the first step in my business creation. So I started a website or or a, a blog back then. This is like before anyone had blogs. And I just began sharing what I was learning about health and wellness um, and started you know, creating these programs and things like that and products and ebooks and just was sharing out of, you know, pure desire to help people that had maybe struggled with their health like I had. And then from there, I realized that it wasn't just about your health. Like I had all of this health knowledge. I studied Ayurveda and holistic nutrition and I became obsessed with it. But then I realized that the mind was a huge piece of the puzzle. And so I went on and studied life coaching and became a certified life coach. And I did my yoga teacher training and I became a meditation teacher. And I studied under shamans and became um, an energetic healer and all of these sorts of things. And I just began sharing it on this thing called a blog. And that was the start of this seed of my business. And then a few years down the track, I met my husband, who is a musician. His name is Nick Broadhurst. He is a very successful musician, a solo artist. And he had a lot of online marketing um, knowledge because he had helped build a meditation online program. So before he met me, he was already in the online world because he was trying to transition out of real estate to doing music full time. And so he was like, well, I need something to kind of fill that gap. So he studied online marketing and was helping build this meditation program and app. And so he had all of this online marketing knowledge. And when he, when we met, he went into the back end of my website and he was like, honey, have you seen your Google analytics? And I was like, Google what? Like no idea what he was talking about. And he goes, babe, like, so many people are visiting your website every single month. And I was like, really? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And he's like, and your website's not really converting. Um, You have this tiny, tiny little opt-in down the very bottom on the side. You're leaving a lot on the table. And I was like, oh, am I? Okay. So we worked on designing a new website that would convert. We worked on all of these different opt-ins. I worked on being okay with asking for people's emails and and not being like shy and having this tiny little opt-in down the very bottom and being like, here's what I've got to offer. Is this for you? Um, and he really helped take everything to the next level. And then we began creating products like programs and ebooks and online meditations. And then, you know, I started writing books and I've just handed in my fifth book and we started the podcast 
And so he kind of plays a very, very high level CEO of my business, but he's not in the day to day. Like he's more of that very high level because he's a musician and he's got his own things going on, but he has so much knowledge in this area. So yeah, that is how the business was born. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me this, when you were working on your business and building something brand new, what were the hardest challenges that you encountered as a new entrepreneur and how did you overcome them? I think the hardest things at the start and kind of still to this day is, is team, is hiring, is... Amen. Oh my goodness me. Finding those gems, you know, it's... Oh, I like, I just want to create my team and like, and I have an amazing team now, but I think at the start and still to this day, team and help and finding people help execute your dreams has been a challenge. 
and some advice for that is like keep looking, you know, and yeah. and know what you need. Um, and don't hire unless like we have this rule in our business, like we don't hire unless there is a pain point. And that's usually when we feel really stretched thin. We're like, okay, before it tips over to complete overwhelm, we, we can feel that we're stretched thin. We do, we recognize that we need to make a hire. Okay. What is that hire? What is it? We do a big picture, which is something we learned from one of our business coaches where we write down everything that we need that person to do, the skill sets. And you want to be in a position where you have lots of choices and not be in a rushed position where you've only got one or two options. And I've been there and that often happens like when you leave it too long, if you're stretched thin and you leave it too long and you just keep going and going, oh, well, I'll just do it, I'll just do it, I'll just do it. And then you get to the point where you're absolutely desperate that you only maybe have one or two options. You don't want to be there. You want to have choices. You want to have lots of choices. So that's kind of been the biggest thing. And, um, you know, still to this day. (laughs) Oh, amen. I totally agree. And that the whole saying of hire slowly, fire fast, I really do believe there's some truth to that. And so slowing down and really understanding what position do you need and where they would fit in and making sure, here's a mistake I've made, making sure that you are going to put the time in to train that person, like really meet with them, help them integrate into the company. Don't assume that they know all the things about how your company runs. I get going head down, get the work done. And I'm not slowing down enough to make sure that people are properly trained. So that was a mistake I've made multiple times. Oh, babe, I hear you because there's a part of me that's like hired and I've been in that rush, like, oh my gosh, I had, I didn't have choices. I had only a few options. And I'm like, can't you just get in my brain and know everything that I want you to do? But no, they can't. And that those times where I have really taken the time to train that person, it's so much better in the long run. Um, and we use Asana. So we have a lot of, um, we call them how-tos. So we have like a whole how-to board in Asana. Yes. Like how to do this, how to do that. There is a how-to on everything in my business. So if someone says, okay, well, how do I order a hundred copies of your books for this speaking event that you're speaking at. I'm like, it's in Asana. Go to the how to order books for speaking events and there will be a how to on it. So I think, you know, you take that time to, to do it. It takes a little bit more time, but it's so worth it in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Now, I know that you've talked about this inner voice. You mentioned this when I was on your podcast and I'd love to talk about it. This inner voice that you call your mean girl. And I think many of us can relate to this. So what is your inner mean girl? And help me kind of understand how to navigate through this. Like, how do you master this area so that that mean girl is not taking over? Yeah. So this is such an important thing to master in business because so every single person has an inner mean girl or an inner bad boy, whatever you want to call it. And you can call it Bob or Mary, whatever, your inner critic, your ego, whatever. But basically it's that voice that says, you can't do this. You can't write a book. 
Who do you think you are launching a program? Who do you think you are charging $6.99 for that online course? No one's going to buy it. Don't even bother. You know, that voice. We can all relate. And that voice doesn't just pop up in business. It pops up with your health. You won't lose the weight. You'll, you know, it pops up in your relationships. You'll never meet the guy. It pops up in your financial situation. You'll never get out of debt. It pops up in every area of your life. So learning how to master that voice is essential for mental health and happiness. And this kind of came to me when I first started on my health journey. I was doing all of the health things. I was drinking the green smoothies and eating the quinoa and the kale, but I still had this very loud negative inner self-talk. And so no amount of green smoothies and kale were going to balance that out. So I needed to really start to address what was going on between my ears. And so I came up with this process called the cast process that is about casting aside your inner critic because that ego, it's always going to be there. You're never going to kill the ego or get rid of the ego. It's about working with it and putting her to the side so that your true self can shine. Your true self can lead the way in the direction of your dreams. But most people let that inner voice be in the driver's seat of their life and dictate every move in every area of their life. So we're going to get that voice, that inner critic, and we're going to put her or him in the boot of your car and you are going to get back in the driver's seat of your car. So the first step in this CAST process, and CAST is an acronym and I'll explain to you each one of them, but it's all designed to cast aside your inner critic. So the first letter C stands for character. You want to create a little character for that voice. You know, picture what it looks like, you know, what's her name. Maybe it's you or maybe it's like a mean school teacher or someone, you know, really picture what that voice looks like. What are they wearing? give it a name. Mine is like a little version of me that sits on my right shoulder that's wearing a little red devil outfit and she's got like a little red devil pitchfork and she's mean, right? She's really nasty. So we want to create a little character. And the reason we do that is because it makes it a lot more fun and playful and not so serious. This personal development world can seem really heavy and serious, dealing with trauma and inner child healing, which are all essential, but we want to bring a little bit of lightness and joy to it. So we create a character. A stands for awareness. We want to become aware of when she or he is popping up in your life. Like, is it around your health? Is it around your relationships? Is it around fertility? Is it around your business? And then I want you to write down what she or he is saying to you. So my inner critic is is telling me that no one is going to sign up for my program. No one. So we want to write down and we want to get every single one of those out of our mind and onto paper, okay? Because once we are aware of something, we can then shift it. You know, Tony Robbins, like it's all about awareness. Once you're aware of a pattern, you can then make the shifts. But 
if you're not aware of it, you don't know. So once you know what you know, you can then make the shift. Then the third letter S stands for shut the door. So instead of inviting that inner voice inside to sleep over, to have dinner with you, we want to say, I'm not interested today. I'm not interested in your uh, comments that I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm not interested. So we don't want to buy into the stories of what our inner critic is saying. And then the fourth letter T stands for truth. We want to come back to the truth. Do you actually know, hand on heart, that you will never get out of debt? Like, is that the actual truth? Do you actually know, hand on heart, that no one will buy your program? No, you don't know that. You do not know that. So this is the cast process. We want to create a character we want to become aware, we want to shut the door, and then we want to come back to our truth. And that is how we master our inner mean girl and let our true self really shine out. And it's a day-to-day process. And the more you practice it, the easier it will become. It's like a muscle. The more you go to the gym and you do your squats, the stronger you are going to get. And when I first started doing this, You know, I would have to do this multiple times a day. You know, women have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. So sometimes I would have to do this, what felt like 60 to 80,000 times a day. Right. And then it gets easier and easier. And now I'm like, oh, there's my mean girl telling me that, you know, whatever it is. And I just make fun of it and I bring joy and light to it and I don't make it so serious. But mastering those inner negative thoughts that go on up here are crucial to our health and happiness. Absolutely. I'm so glad you went through that because it's a big part of growing a business and being an entrepreneur, being able to manage that mean girl voice. I mean, like you said, we all have it or I love the bad boy voice. So I I love that we went through that. I want to take you in another direction because when I got to meet you on your podcast, one thing that was really clear is that you have a very beautiful work-life integration. So what lessons have you learned along the journey of creating this balance that it seems that you really do have? I'm not saying it's easy, but it's important to you, I know. So what guidance do you think is important for entrepreneurs to be aware of how to find this work-life integration. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I like that you said integration because it's not about finding a perfect balance. Ah, so true. You know, if I, if I think about like scales and, and you want them to be perfectly balanced, like striving for that is, is tricky. It's, it's a feat in itself. So I never strive for a perfect balance. I integrate the two, like you said. And there's three camps that a lot of women sit in. There are mamas and then there are boss babes and then there are people like me who want to do both. And I have chosen to do both. I love both and I want to do both. And all of those three camps are amazing and none are better than any other. Like they're all amazing. Like my friends that are mamas to three kids, I'm like, you are amazing. And then my friends that are boss babes, like you, I'm like, you are amazing. And then there's people that do the dance between the two that I'm like, you are amazing. We're all amazing. And we're all doing such 
incredible work in the world. And so for me, um, we literally, my husband and I just wrote our first book together and we've just handed it in and it's called Time Magic and it's all about this integration and reclaiming your time and reclaiming your life. So I'm so excited. That's out next year. I'm really, really excited. But doing the dance between the two, between work and motherhood, it's definitely taken trial and error and getting used to, okay, well, how does this work and how am I going to do this? And to be honest, I have been at both extremes. I have worked so hard. Like when I first started my business, I really hustled. I burnt myself out. I gave myself adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue. So I've been at that end. And then I've also been at the other end where I gave myself a really beautiful maternity leave and I had all of this space. And so I've been at both extremes. And now I have this gorgeous integration between the two, which I love. And uh, it's very much in my human design and in my star sign, like I'm very disciplined with my time. I'm very scheduled. I have everything scheduled in my calendar. I know when I'm working. I know when I'm mumming. I know, you know, and then when I'm working, I'm in work mode. And when I'm in mum mode, I am fully present with her. I'm not on my computer when I'm with my daughter. I'm not on my phone when I'm with my daughter. Sure, I might look at my phone quickly, but I'm not like doing Zoom meetings whilst I'm with my daughter. So, I have these allocated times for when I'm doing both. And, you know, my business coach once said to me, is like, Melissa, in an ideal world, now that you're a mom, you've got to recreate your day. Like how many hours do you want to work in a day? And he really got me to think about that and think about, well, how, what would I feel really comfortable with when I put my head on my pillow at night? How many hours do I want to work? And how many hours do I want to be in mom mode? Well, you're always in mum mode, but like, you know, really, really um, not thinking about work or doing any work. And so I got really clear on what that looked like for me in a day. And then I'm very strict with my boundaries. Like right now, as we record this, uh, it's it's nine o'clock in the morning here for me. And uh, between nine and 11, I have this two-hour window to work where she's with her nanny. So this two-hour window between nine and 11, during the week, my girlfriends, they meet up, they go to play dates on the beach, they have holistic playroom catch-ups, they have workout catch-ups, they do all these things. I get, you know, they they invite me, but like they know that this is my work time. Like this, and there's a part of me that's like, oh, I really want to go and do that. But like, this is my work time. So I'm very protective around my time with my work because I know I only have a certain amount of hours. Now as a mother, I only have a certain amount of hours per day that I've dedicated to work. So I'm really protective around that time. And then also around my my mothering, like my team will not be expecting responses from me outside of my work time. They just know. So if they want a response from me, they know that they'll get it between my work times. And um, I've just been really, really clear with that. And that's really, really helped me create the life where I can do both and I feel 
really good doing both. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. Now, I know we talked about the inner mean girl and we talked about work-life integration, but another thing that you're really passionate about is goal setting and dominating your goals. So talk to me a little bit about your process for setting goals in your business and laying out a plan to get after them and really achieving them. Yeah, I love goals. Like (laughs) when I first learned about goal setting, I just loved it so much. I was like, yes, like, and without goals, we don't, know the direction our ship is facing in, you know, like I feel like without goals for me, I flounder in life. If I don't have health goals, if I don't have business goals, if I don't have relationship goals, if I don't have parenting goals, I literally feel like I am floundering. And that's part of my personality. That's part of my human design. It's part of my astrology. I thrive with goals, but I know not everybody does. I know that not everybody does. I know some people feel restricted or they feel um, claustrophobic from goals, but for me, I thrive. And literally um, at the start of this month, my husband and I, we we re-evaluated our three-month goals, the next three months, because we've got October, November, December. We, we sat down and we're like, okay, what do we want to achieve in these next three months to feel really good? So we rewrote our goals and we stuck them all around our house and, you know, just help each other hold each other accountable. So for me, all of my goals, they first come, like how I find goals and set goals, it, it all comes back to my heart. Like usually... I have a goal like wanting to write a book or start a podcast or create a program. It comes from my heart. It comes from the desire to want to help, to want to create something that's going to support and help and serve and impact people. So that's where it comes from. So I kind of start with the what, like, what is it? Okay. I want to write a book and then I work out the how. Okay. So, and how many, how many lives do I want to impact? How many hands do I want to get my book or my program into? So I start with what it is and then I work out how am I going to do that? And then I chunk it down. Like I really chunk it down. Okay. So with a new program launch, well, how many people do I really want to impact with this? Um, and then also I think with your goals, having accountability, like some people really thrive with accountability. Some people are very personally driven that they don't necessarily need it as much as others. But having like a business coach or even your partner or a friend or something like that to kind of hold you accountable for your goals. I'm also a huge advocate for writing them on post-it notes and sticking them around your office or your bathroom mirror, like wherever, like saving them in your phone as like uh, a reminder, sorry, like setting alarms in your phone or saving all of the passwords on all of your things as, as one of your goals um, is something to do. So you're just constantly reminded of what you're aiming to achieve and, um, yeah, just helping yourself in the process. What do you do when you didn't reach your goal? What does that look like in your business? Mm. I truly believe that if there's a goal that I didn't reach, this comes twofold. Sometimes I'm like, I always trust that everything's always unfolding the way that it's supposed to. 
like, and I have this mantra, like this or something better. And if it didn't come the way that I would have thought it would, maybe, you know, there's something better coming down in the future. So I really do trust that everything is always unfolding the way it's supposed to. But if there is a goal that I still feel really strongly connected to and like I want to achieve, like, for example, hitting the New York Times bestseller list one year with one of my books um, or 100 million downloads on my podcast or getting Oprah on my podcast, like these are big goals that I want to achieve one day. And if I haven't hit them this year or last year, I keep working toward them. I try different things. I get creative. You know, I keep thinking about it and I keep putting them on my vision board or on my goals list and I just keep working toward them. Okay. I love that. Definitely. And then my final question for you is this. If your entire business, like everything you've built was taken away from you tomorrow and you had to start out from scratch, what do you think you would do first? Oh, well, I truly believe the foundation is of, of business, of your business and the online world is owning and having control over an asset. And I still believe that your best asset is your email list. Yes. So... I would start by buying a domain and setting up a website in something simple like Kajabi so I can roll out an MVP and start adding as much value as I possibly can. And one thing that has always stuck with me, and uh, I heard this from Tony Robbins many, many years ago, and he said, add more value than anyone else in less time, meaning that they get so much value from you fast, you know, faster, you know, they get results faster than anyone else. And so I've really kind of made that my mission as well to add so much value to people's lives. But that is definitely what I would do first. I love it. Grow your email list, give value, create content. Amen to that. So Thank you so much for joining me. But before I let you go, tell me what you're most excited about these days. Oh, well, I am in the middle of a huge launch for my online program, Holy Mama. It's my first big affiliate launch, which I'm so excited about. And this is the world's most comprehensive, holistic program on conscious conception pregnancy, empowered birthing and postpartum, and conscious parenting. And it's a live eight-week program, and I have poured so much love into this, and it's something that I am so passionate about. And it was born out of my conception journey, you know, our journey to conceive our daughter, which took a lot longer than I had of ever thought. And I am so glad because I learned so much in the process and now I get to teach on this. And like you say, 10% edge, 10% edge. Um, So yeah, I'm so glad. And and this program is amazing. And um, the doors close November 3rd in America, November 4th in Australia. So I'd really love for anyone to come and join us. Where do they go to check it out? 
Holy, W-H-O-L-Y, mama, M-A-M-A.com. Come and check it out. And um, I've got, you know, 17 of the world's best experts, doctors, scientists inside the program. And, you know, I had access to these incredible people when I was on my own conception journey because I had this top rated podcast. So I was able to interview these incredible people and personally ask them the questions that I wanted to know on my own journey. And now I've distilled it all into this program. So if anyone wants to consciously conceive, to get pregnant, to have an empowered birth and a blissful postpartum, and to learn about conscious parenting, this program, Holy Mama, is for you. And I'm so excited about it. I bet. So congratulations. I'm so very excited that it's out in the world. And Melissa, thank you so very much for being here with us today and sharing your knowledge about growing your business and what it's become. So thank you so very much. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I am so grateful and honored. So I hope you loved this episode. Again, my favorite part was how to talk to your inner mean girl. We are inner mean boy. We all have one. And I think it's so important to recognize it and not feel bad or frustrated with ourselves because we have one. I think it's very much human nature, but we need to know how to navigate that. And I think that was my biggest takeaway from this episode. So to learn more about Melissa, head to amyporterfield.com forward slash 512. And I'll share all the links there, including her latest program, amyporterfield.com forward slash 512. Thanks so much for joining me here today. I'll see you next week for another episode. Same time, same place. Bye for now.